Tundra Talk is brought to you by Frontier Outfitters and Century Hardware, your locally owned source for hunting, fishing, and shooting gear in interior Alaska. They sell proven gear that will tackle whatever Alaskan tasks you need it to, and Frontier always stays current with gear for the season. Whether you're baiting bears in the spring, fishing, camping, or dip netting in the summer, you're looking for game bags and moose camp gear in the fall, uh, if you need to stock up on trapping lures or just get everything you need to go ice fishing, they've got you covered. They always carry a wide variety of Alaskan-proven clothing and boots, camping gear, meat processing supplies, guns, ammo, reloading and shooting supplies, as well as camping gear and backpacking food. Downstairs in Century Hardware, you'll find a full hardware store naturally, and um, you'll also find your snow machine, ATV, marine accessories down there. They go out of their way to stock plenty, plenty of quality, useful equipment. And whether you're gearing up for a hunting or fishing trip, working on a never-ending home improvement project, or anything in between, it's usually a one-stop shop. Frontier Outfitters is located on 3rd and Old Steese in Fairbanks, and they have a second location in North Pole, so make sure you stop in next time you need to gear up. This episode of Tundra Talk is also brought to you by Hedgecock Group Realtor Rick Lindsay, a guy that can take care of just about any of your real estate needs in the Fairbanks area. Now, the Hedgecock Group has been in Fairbanks North Pole real estate market since the early 80s, and their service is tailored to meet the diverse needs of home buyers in interior Alaska. Now, Rick has lived in Fairbanks for a long time and understands a lot of the less obvious ins and outs of buying and selling property around here. You know, things like water holding tanks and permafrost and all that jazz. Fairbanks is a really unique place to live, and having a realtor that knows what to look for in a quality place can make all the difference. Rick's a Marine Corps veteran and will work hard to get you exactly what you need. And if you're looking to buy or sell real estate in the Fairbanks or North Pole area, reach out to Rick at 907-378-6780. And go check out his Instagram at R-L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-113 at rlindsey113. He's really a passionate outdoorsman. He's just like us. He's one of us. And he loves to share his adventures on there. And he's got a pretty a pretty nice cranker of a ram that I'm jealous of. So go check him out. That's how you do it. All right, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm Tyler Friel, and uh, through all the technological barriers, have got oh, uh, Wacy Arthur on the line, uh, Canadian brethren. I think you're actually the first Canuck on the on the podcast, at least I, at least I remotely. Think, I think so. I think so. I listen to your podcast quite a bit, and I don't know any other Canadians that have been on here. So yeah, we I got a. Uh, I got to represent, I guess. Yeah, you do. We know we got to, we talk about, talking about a lot, you know, we got a lot of, a lot of Canadian listeners because from my experience, like going to Alberta where you live, it's uh, very much a similar mindset, at least the, you know, at least in, in rural, rural country uh, to the people up here. And the country's pretty similar too. You know, it's like, it's like a weird mix of farm country and, and, uh, and the same kind of woods and stuff we got here in interior Alaska. So yeah, man, glad to, glad to have you on. Yeah, man. I, um, I was wanting to, uh, I was wanting to, uh, talk, uh, today to you a little bit. I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about, uh, I've been going down the rabbit hole, lightweight rifles. Yeah. So I was, 
I thought you might be the guy to talk to about that. Oh, I might. I'm a guy, and I can talk about it. So that ought to that ought to work. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, for like a little little background, Wacy's on the uh, <clears throat> is one of the hosts of the Wilderness Locals podcast, um, which you get. You know, you guys have, have had a lot have a lot of cool episodes, and uh, I mean, you do the same kind of stuff we do up here, pretty much. And uh, I don't know. It was a while back. You guys had me on there, and you know we kind of hit it off. I think we're pretty like minded, and and I like a lot of your like moose loading up hacks, and you know always having to wrench on stuff, and just do the same yeah. same kind of shit we like to do up here. So I, I wanted to wanted to have you on, and we can talk some shit. We were just talking about how uh, technically it took us like fifteen minutes to get this thing hooked up, waiting on satellites in outer space and shit i feel like on the movie zoolander where they're like beat the files are in the computer <laughs> yeah yeah i uh i am i have a hard time with this shit so tyler is usually the guy who sets it all up and i just hop on the mic and and uh and talk a bunch of shit but yeah no we've we started that podcast last year and i think we just finished our 100th episode on it and we've had lots of good guests and it's been good. It's been, we've met a lot of po- cool people through it and um, it's been fun, man. Like, uh, you know, we had Jim Shockey on and Cam Haynes and just kind of a bunch of different people and everybody in between. So it's been good, man. I, it's, uh, I never thought I'd be a guy to talk on a mic, you know, so kind of, yeah, kinda just a hillbilly. So, oh, me We're, too. I'm still, ter- I'm still terrible at it. So, <laughs> but we managed to, managed to get, get enough you know, useful information and people on here that, that, that a few people still listen to it. So, man, it's, it's a win. It's fun to do. I like your guys's, I like your guys's platform too. It's pretty cool. You guys just sit around, drink beer, shoot the shit. And so it's like, it's almost like you're there with you guys, you know, having a beer. So yeah, I, your guys's Tundra talks, one of my favorites. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. We, uh, you know, we, we've talked about it cause we, in, we have to make a point to start, recording like early because we just talk about the shit we would normally talk about just sitting around sitting around shooting the shit you know and it, and then you know we, there's there's always plenty of room for useful stuff like one dude um you know it was a guy in canada and uh my buddy frank had this just came up in some random conversation about uh, restoring the polarity on your generator you know, we we talked about that guy wrote in that that helped him. Dude just wrote me and told me is the I think I had talked about setting your thermocell upright to let it like burn and kind of clean out the gunk when it starts not wanting to run right. But no, it's cool. I mean, for for as little as I know about shit, you know, it's it's cool <laughs> to be able to to just have fun shooting the shit and, and people enjoy it. Man, I should get on a mechanic and wrenching thing i think you're probably a little bit do a little bit more mechanic than i than i do i hate it but i've been changed out the brakes of my truck over the past couple days front and rear and let me tell you they they got whoever put them in got we got their money's worth out of them (laughs) (laughs) i uh my daughter i I had i was using my side by side to to bait bears this year and i brought it home and i i worked the piss out of it just beating it through muskeg and through creeks and shit and then uh my daughter, she was driving around the yard, and I noticed there was oil running down the back brakes. And yeah. uh, my, my, it had wore my pads out so bad on the back that the the plungers had pushed straight through the pads. Holy it the shit! Plungers, it was the plungers on the actual rotor that was stopping them side by side. That's oh all. I thought man! That, was kind of that is pretty <laughs> <got> bad. <laughs> I just did the I just did the rear ones. Well, the front ones I did. 
on this, you know, project truck I ended up buying this this spring, which I talked to you about with my motor issues that kind of sort of resolved themselves, but um I knew the broke the brakes needed to be redone. I had a caliper that was sticking and seized up and it was finally starting to smoke a little bit, so I figured I better change it, but um yeah, it really it really wasn't too bad, but the rear the rear ones that well, I pulled one of the like the the passenger side caliper or had that one had two of the inner brake pads like on the this this year's F150s there's a specific inner and outer pad and if you put the in like two of the inner ones in there or or have them backwards it won't the caliper don't sit right so it was all wear it all jacked up and then the rear ones were like like I don't know, like a sixteenth of an inch left on the actual pad when I freaking pulled them off today. But no, nah, it's or it's it's if it weren't for YouTube and and all that shit, man, I'd be I would be hosed. But I did buy I did buy myself a yeah. one of them big Dewalt impact guns, the battery powered impact guns, the other day, and that's that fucking is a cool tool. <laughs> Oh, it's so it's so nice. You don't have to drag an air hose around. I got one, and it's a half inch drive too, and yep. it fucking works really good. Oh yeah, it's best, uh, best 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 tool for ripping tires off trucks for sure. Oh yeah, that and because I think they'll do like your breakaway torques like twelve hundred foot pounds, and then the one I got, you can set it at three different speeds for like for driving in like a hundred foot pounds, three hundred and and uh and 700 or something like that. Although I don't know, it might, might be like yeah. some kind of Newton meters or some shit for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny. We have like a, cause I think we switched over to metric in like the seventies. So like we got like a stupid mix, right? So everyone here is like, well, if I, I say I'm like six foot one, yeah. but we drive kilometers per hour, kilometers per hour. We, we talk gas like per liter. Yep. But everything else is like inches, feet, yards, yeah. And, you know, yeah, yards. If I'm shooting my bow, I'm 20 yards. So I don't know. We're kind of like in a mix of it, you know. We're yeah. not like full England where those guys are yeah. straight Mexican. They're talking about centimeters and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, on one hand, that metric stuff does make it does make sense, but I still resist it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. Anyway, oh, yeah. So I know when, when, no, go ahead. Sorry. We got go just ahead. a touch of a lag. I was I was going to say when I hear you guys talk in Fahrenheit and some like Snyder, he was uh I was talking to Snyder today and he's like, "Oh, it's 99 here." 99 degrees. I'm like, "Holy shit. That's <laughs> yeah. like the surface of the sun for me." <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah. It's when it's a weird spot cuz there's some spots where they line up is it 20 below that it's lined up or 40 below. One of those is the same, but um yeah, it's I been. I think it's forty blowers. Yeah, yeah, it's been. I don't know about about where you're at, man. It's been hotter than shit up here the last couple of weeks, like meaning like eighty degrees. <laughs> but uh, the fire, you know, fire's been burning all over the place up here. How's yeah. you? You got was, was it last year? Or a couple of years ago, down. I don't know if it was around where you were at, but um, was it Fort Mac that burnt a bunch of it burnt up and a bunch of big fires down there? Yeah. 
yeah, we're always on fire too, but this year seems pretty good. We've been getting lots of rain and shit. So, but yeah, as a rule too, we're usually all on fire and BC is usually on fire. So I don't know. It's good. We're all, it's, there's no in between. We're either burning or flooding. So, yeah. Well, it seems like some, some places it, it's like some big, huge drought or something like that, that, that causes all these fire conditions. Whereas up here, it's like, if it's, if it doesn't rain for two weeks, there's going to be some fires. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, yeah. So it's you. You're all. Uh, I don't know where to start with you, man. Because you got you're into shooting shooting stick bows and rifles. Kind of like kind of like I am. I like shooting. I like shooting stuff with everything. There's just not enough stuff to hunt. I've about come to the conclusion to shoot every to shoot them, kill animals with everything I want to kill them with. <laughs> well, the problem with me is like I I I'm just like you guys. I'm just like. Alaska. Alaska and Canadians are pretty much the same, right? Like, so I've been bow hunting pretty hard for the last 20 years. And the stick bow, uh, I've been since 2014. And so my rifle shit has kind of taken a backseat, but I always still kept rifles around and still rifle hunted a little bit here and there. Yeah. But now I'm trying to get, I'm hunting more, uh, more British Columbia stuff. So like we're leaving from Mountain Goat here on August 15th. And um, so I'm, I'm, starting to go down the rabbit hole of these rifles lightweight rifles and yeah custom builds and all this shit my head's gonna my head's gonna fucking explode right away i think because there's just like new calibers these six eight westerns and 28 nozzler and 27 nozzler and oh man it's a it's a rabbit hole oh yeah it's i'm kind of feeling the same way i literally just got a i hadn't shot a compound in probably 10 years and i just got one i haven't got it set up yet but i'm like holy shit there's some complexity like it's not like a recurve you know you just stick a rest on it and tune up some arrows but uh you know i'll i'll learn it'll be it'll be fun to shoot but yeah i mean it's just a whole nother deal of overwhelming variables or like you wanting to get into muzzle loaders or something like that you know but uh i guess uh do you have any 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 things you're looking at in particular or are you just kind of still shell-shocked by it all well you know like i've kind of not yeah i'm kind of a little bit shell-shocked from it all because you know when i kind of i bought a 270 and that's what i kind of been hunting with the last you know however long i've been like because i would just bow hunt bow hunt bow hunt whatever tags i had left i would just go in with the rifle and clean up at the, pretty much at the end of the season or whatever was still open right yeah so, yeah, I'm a little bit shell-shocked with it because I'm like, man, I like, like, I really am a fan of the 270, but I really would like to start reaching out a little bit further and touching stuff, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know, it's, it's, I don't even know where to hardly start with it. that, like, I'm looking, right now, I'm kind of looking at that 280, or that uh, 28 Nosler, and two, or 280 Ackley, has kind of got my interest peaked a little bit um other than that like tyler you know the other guy on the podcaster he shoots a 30 nozzler yeah and he really likes that th- he really likes that thing i think he's shooting a 200 and something grain uh pill out of that and it's whipping it out there pretty good so yeah you know, no that's it, and it's it's tough man like if you because there's so the like the difference between you know even just like a, an old a regular 270 or 25 out six 30 out six um, cartridge like that, you know, you can cover the vast majority of what you're going to be covering with something bigger, but I don't know. I would say 
yeah, like the only reason I would go is like if I was going to go big, I'd go big. You know, like if you want to ha- like want a hammer that you can reach out and hit stiff stuff with something like a thirty nozzler or a three hundred PRC or uh, something like that. And, you know, I would go I would go whole hog on it if I was going to do it. Which <laughs> I just bought a three thirty eight Lapua a few months ago, so <laughs> that was uh, my my kind of <laughs> Im- impulsive jump into it. And that thing is a fucking hammer, man. <laughs> it. Uh, I put, yeah. I can't stand shooting stuff with a brake most of the time when I can avoid it. So I put, I got a, I got a silencer co hybrid suppressor. That's not really made for suppressing 338 Lapua, but it's rated for it. And it, mm-hmm. it makes it, she kicks pretty good with that can on, but it's a lot more pleasant to shoot as far as concussion. And, uh, yeah, that rifle shoots and it'll, and it'll hit stuff. It'll carry a lot of energy, you know, quite a ways out. So you know, I think they'll ultimately like something like a, a 30 nozzle or 300 PRC. If you're, if you're looking to hammer stuff, um, but it's, yeah, there's arguments for all kinds of stuff, man. Like even that six, eight Western, you know, it's not, it's not going to have as much juice as a, there is a 27 nozzle, isn't there? There's just so much shit right now. I mean, even I'm overwhelmed sometimes yeah. I can't keep track, but, it, it, um, you know, you know, and it oh, kind of, fuck. I was on the. So, sorry. No, go ahead. Right Continue. But, uh, I was gonna. Say, <laughs> I was gonna say, um, fuck, man. Like just the six five rabbit hole. Like there's a six five odd six. Uh, yeah. That, that twenty seven nozzler. I was watching videos on that the other day, and like, um, it's that twenty seven nozzler is like four hundred. I think they said four hundred feet per second faster than the uh, two seventy WSM, and it's like 95 grains of powder in that case. Yeah. That's a freaking it, boomer. Man. <laughs> for a, for a 0.277 Cal. I mean, that thing is hauling ass. And I'm just like, you know, last year I shot a bull elk at 250 yards with the 270 Winchester and I had loaded uh, them Hornady GMXs. Yeah. And so 250, 250 yards, I rocked that bull and he tipped, he, he took one step and tipped over dead. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I, I get looking at all this shit and I'm like, fuck, you know, do I really need a, a absolute cannon or should I just kind of stick to what I know? You know, but yeah. I don't know. I would say, is. I would say you don't need one there. You know, if you, if you're wanting to like, you, unless you're wanting to just want to do it for the hell of it and you're wanting to play with it, you know, for, for the vast majority of circumstances, like you're just not going to need it. Um, you know, if you're specifically like, I want to shoot a goat at a thousand to 1200 yards, whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, I, I'm not judging. Um, and you want to like put the effort into the effort and the time shooting and development and to, to like really make that long range shooting, whether, you know, and, and target shooting too, is like if that's just like an avenue that you really want to explore, then yeah, I would look at probably getting getting a hammer cartridge. But for most hunting stuff, like yeah, you're just not gonna need. It's not gonna benefit you that much more to have that much bigger of a gun. I mean, you know as well as I do. Sometimes those bigger animals, elk or well, I I've shot one elk, but moose stuff like that. Sometimes you shoot, you know, you could shoot them three or four times with a thirty out six or three hundred Win Mag. Uh, and then, uh, and the, you know, they'll stand there and soak them up. And sometimes you shoot them once with a two forty three or something like that. And they just 
buckle. <laughs> I know a guy in Alberta, older guy. Um, he shot probably, I bet you, 10 bull moose with a 243 over the years. No, um, it's... that's. It's a gunny packs, and I think he was shooting 100 grain out of that thing, and it just, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hunting, I guess, for like guys like us. Like, So if you had to say what's the average shot, if you could combine an average in all the sheep you've shot, like 400 yards or? No, not even close. No, I would say 250 maybe, maybe less than 250. Like I think between 200 yeah, so. and 250 yards would be average. I mean, I shot – um, the closest one I shot was about 75 yards. And then the farthest one was 465 and a lot in the, in the two hundreds, you know, another one at a hunt, you know, at a hunt, you at a hundred, but I would say, I would say the average is like 200 to 250 yards. Like when I, when I got her, when I'm hunting with a right, well, <laughs> the bat all, but like one time I've been hunting with a rifle and when I, you know, when I break inside 250, if if it's right, like there's no need to get closer. They're fucking dead. Yeah. You know. So this is what I'm saying too. Like guys that are actively shooting at a thousand and twelve hundred, are they just not going to get get any closer on purpose, or is it, or is it like you know maybe they just I don't know maybe they suck at stalking. Like, no, I, don't know. I think For, <laughs> I think it depend. I think it depends. You know, like I know. Some guys like, you know, like talking to Ryan Avery in Idaho, who's, who's, you know, big into long range shooting and he, you know, the way he puts it's where he hunts, you either have to be right on top of them or shoot them from a long ways away, like a thousand yards, you know, at, at least that's the way he broke it down to me. And, you know, I could see, yeah, I could see using, using this stuff for. Sorry, I got distracted. My computer dinged. I got it linked up with my phone. It's stupid. But uh, technology. And um, I digress. Yeah. But I digress. It's like, uh, so, so, yeah, you, yeah like you, you may, some people, I think, you know, a lot of visibility. I think a lot of times it's, uh, well, I don't need to get closer. I can shoot him from here. There may be some times where it's like, yeah, if I don't shoot him from here, I'm probably not going to get a shot. But, you know. I don't know, at least from my hunting experience, I would say like, yeah, sometimes you're, you know, sometimes you, you lose, sometimes you win. Um, and sometimes, you know, whether it's like shooting, you know, shooting a stick bow as opposed to a compound or rifle, you know, there's going to be chances that you don't get to capitalize on because of, you know, whatever you're using. But, you know, it just, it just gets, exp- I don't know, to, for, to me, a lot of the long range, super long range shooting when hunting, you know, not that I think there's anything wrong with it if you if you really are on top of your shit, but most people are not on top of their shit, and it takes a lot of there's a lot more kind of exponential room for error. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, for me, it's just like I want to I want a gun where like so for hunting ranges for me, I'm like a 250 yard guy, maybe 400, um, but I'd like to have dope. If you had to do a follow-up shot, say you made a bad hit and you wanted to do a follow-up all the way out to eight, it would be nice oh, yeah. to have that option. Yeah. And, you know? and, and like, you know, something, cause I don't, you know, I don't have, you know, any of the in-between calibers, but like that 338 Lapua, you know, if you got dope, as long as the wind ain't blowing very hard, I mean, you just 
crank her up and, and let her rip and it's going to hit it. Um, so yeah, that is, and that's, that's an awesome advantage to have. You're certainly not going to, you know, you're not going to be like sacrificing anything by, by going with something bigger aside from weight, you know, like if you're want if you're wanting to, uh, to, to minimize your rifle weight, it don't hurt to go with a short action. And that's where something like that six, eight Western is a nice cartridge for like, for short action rifles. And you can shave a little bit of weight like that. Yeah. So like this is that's what I said at the beginning that I was like I wanted to pick your brain about lightweight rifles because I'm on this like lightweight kick. I'm like I've looked at Kafaru, uh, they're teamed up with that. I think it's Viking Armament Armament or whatever they are, and they they have like three and a half or four pound rifles. Huh? And I I'm didn't like, even. I, I must no, not I have think... been paying attention because I hadn't heard about those. I remember the old like Kafaru Rambling rifle that weighed like two pounds or whatever. Yeah, I, if you go on Kafaru's website, they got a thing they're working with the company or whatever or however it's set up. But you know, I was looking at their guns, and then I was looking, you know, I was looking at Proof's gun and then um, Nosler's gun and all these different guns, and everything's just like right around that six six and a half pounds. You know, even the Tika T3 lights are six pounds, and I think that's just kind of where it's at, where it's going to be at as for the most part, unless you're like. But how light do you think you want to go, Tyler? Like, for you, like, what's a good rifle to pack for sheep? Like, what's a good weight, do you think? Yeah, the lightest the lightest one that I've carried was uh, it's was one of the Weatherby Backcountry Titanium Action ones. And that was just, I think, in a standard length action. And that, that's another cartridge, that 6.5 RPM, that's like a pretty hot rod 6.5 um, rebated rim magnum. And that, that rifle was like 4.9 pounds without the scope. I think it was just like a barely over six pounds with a scope and rifle or uh, with a scope and loaded with ammunition. And, uh, that was nice, but lighter rifles are a little bit tougher to shoot too. You know, like even, even on a bench, they're just not as forgiving and those pencil thin barrels heat up fast. You know, I, I think if, you know, especially if you're wanting to use it for other stuff than just like sheep or goat hunting. Um, you know, like a six pound gun's a pretty good gun. I just got done reviewing. Um, it was uh fierce. You ever heard of them? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of them. You know, they're, they're kind of in that same arena or at least like, you know, the, a similar type of product is like a gun works and proof and those like, you know, fairly high end, semi-custom rifles and they'll like build packages and stuff like that that and the one i got was uh it was uh the models like ct rival it's just a two lug action um titanium action carbon barrel and carbon stock but the stock is actually like a little bit heavier duty you know target style stock than what you would get in like a super super skinny mountain rifle but that thing without the in 300 wind mag that thing weighs just barely over 6 pounds without the scope and i think it's like just under 8 i mean and and that thing that rifle freaking shoots it shoots really well um and shooting you know 212 grain bullets or whatever you know it, it'll carry some ass out out pretty far but uh yeah man the world's kind of your oyster i'd say if you're i'd say if you're eight pounds or under when you're scoped up, you're doing pretty good. Um, my sheep rifles, typically I like, I've liked using those loophole, like two to sevens or, 
or three and a half to eights or whatever, you know, the very X2, very X3 lightweight scopes with the, with the custom dial. And that seems to work really well. You don't have to do any math or like reference a chart when you're trying to range animal. Cause you know, shit gets, gets busy and, and you start hyper, you know, not hyperventilating, but you get a little adrenaline pumping. It's, it's super easy to make mistakes in your adjustments. Um, but those custom dials are pretty foolproof. You just turn it right to the yardage they're at and let them have it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. I'm going actually this like goat hunt we're going on. Um, it's a, I'm going on with recurve. So nice, <laughs> but I'm, I'm still looking at, I'm still, uh, uh, I'm still looking at rifles right now, so I got to get. I actually just, I actually shot my bow tonight for the first time in a couple of weeks, and so I got to kind of oh. get my shit together before we take off here. But yeah, no, it'll be fun. We're gonna go up, I think, uh, ten or twelve days, and nice. See if we can't kill a couple archery goats. See, see yeah, yeah, that, sh- that should be fun. That's something. That's something I need to actually just get off my ass and go do. Um, you know, there's. I've talked to a lot of people who are like, yeah, once I started like bow hunting goats i got no desire to shoot one with a gun i don't know i don't know if i could ever get to that point because i like shooting stuff with guns but um <laughs> but <laughs> yeah me too no it it would be fun yeah you know speak and speaking of like rifle yeah. pro- rifle problems in 270s i uh well I was, I was over at my old man's the other day and digging around in his gun safe for stuff i may have left there you know years ago and He's got an old, uh, this Winchester 270 featherweight or model 70 featherweight and 270 that he's had since before I was born. And, uh, we never really shot it much. You know, I, I, as a kid, I, I killed a few coyotes with it as a kid, but it seemed like we always just, you know, had, had like a cheap, you know, $30 scope on there or something. And so I pulled it out of there and I, I tore it apart and, the barrel is kind of rubbing on the forehand. It's got the wood stock and everything, but I kind of, I want to see a, how it shoots or if I can get it to shoot. And then I kind of want to kill something with it. Maybe even if it's just like taking a moose hunting and shooting a moose at 30 yards with it. <laughs> yeah. You killed a moose last year with a six, eight Western, didn't you? Cause I heard some guys, I heard some, well, I didn't hear, but I watched a video or some damn thing. Some guys were talking, shit on the six eight western about hunting big game like moose so i'm like man that's plenty i've shot i've shot quite a few bull moose with a 270 winchester oh yeah well and yeah it's 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 for it's plenty of gun for moose i mean i was even uh i was even the biggest thing i my biggest question was how well that bullet would hold up like at closer range um because you know it's not it's similar to a 270 short mag but they had, I believe they had to shorten the case and fatten it a little bit to be able to fit those long 175s in there. I mean, you could potentially have a 270 short mag thread, you know, a barrel barreled with a tight enough twist to handle those, but you'd have to seed them deep enough that it wouldn't, you wouldn't get the same velocity out of it. I, you know, that's all a little bit in the details, but, um, I was shooting that 175 grain Sierra, um, tipped game King and that bull, I shot him. I shot three or four times. 
because you know how they are. They don't usually don't go down right away. I hit him. I hit him perfect the first shot, and then he's still on his feet. So I'm shooting through this like stand of burnt timber, and uh, I shot him in the lungs twice and hit him a little farther back once. And two of the three exited, and one of the bullets ended up. I don't know if I, I'm. I had I had to have hit a tree or something and ricocheted and hit him in the horn, but <laughs> um, no, I was I was really impressed with how like two of the three bullets passed through and the one I recovered was like through the opposite shoulder on the backside. So no, it's, it's plenty of, plenty of gun Mm -hmm. for moose. And really, you know, if you, you, you take that bullet, that bullet in a six, eight Western, when you get out past, uh, I don't know if I get the exact number, but six or 700 yards, it actually carries more energy than most standard, like 180 grain, um, 300 wind mag loads. Yeah, and I've seen guys. I've seen a, a buddy of mine. He had a seven mm seven mil rem mag, and I watched him shoot a moose like four times too. And the same thing, they just kind of soak it up, just stand there, you know, or kind of trot off. So yeah, you know, I I don't know. It's I think like I think sometimes maybe a guy gets caught up in the calibers too much, you know, and just kind of. It's not that at the end of the day, I think it's more of the bullet selection, right? Like the, what bullet are you using to hunt? What, what game, right? Oh yeah. And, and yeah. And how, and just how well, like how well you shoot that rifle too. You know, I, it's easy to get into calibers cause I kind of, I like to be nerdy about some of that stuff and I like shooting and trying out different stuff. Um, but I'd never tell someone that they, like they need to get something other than a, two seventy or a thirty out six or you know, you guys I, I offended a bunch of Canadians when I in the article I did a few <laughs> years ago on uh it was like, you know, my pick for like the top moo you know, moose cartridges and then associated bullets. And I you know, like it was my like my pick specifically. It wasn't like the best. Um and I based a lot, you know, a lot a lot on what I've used and what everybody I know uses and what just people in Alaska in general. And I didn't have the 303 on there. So I pissed off a lot of, a lot oh, of fuck. Canadians. So, uh, Oh, there's been more, you know, I still, I don't know whether there's been more moose killed with a 303 or 3030 or, you know, up here in the bush for a lot of years, it was a 243 or, uh, even 222s were pretty popular, you know, like the little rifle would be a two twenty two and the big rifle would be a two forty three. <laughs> yeah, man. Look at uh Frank Glasser. What the fuck was he packing? Was that a three no thirty odd six, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, he uh he started out, I believe, which um is a heads up here in a few minutes because I'm cheap. My uh Zoom meeting's gonna time out and then we can just I'll just start another one. But uh sure. if we get interrupted. <laughs> but <clears throat> He started out, I think, up here with a 253,000 Savage, which is like, it's a little slower than a 25 out six. And I used to have one. I used to have one oh, of those fucking things. Oh, man. Was it in a Model 99? Yeah. And it had like the brass counter. So it had like a, a shell counter on the side. So you could look at the side of the gun and it would roll the number. Oh, that's badass. You, and, oh, what happened? Uh, do I want to know I what fucking, happened? <laughs> <laughs> so I was a dumb kid. And uh, working on old pickups, and I sold it for money for to put tires or some fucking thing on my truck. It was a dumb move. Yeah, oh, I, had, man. I should have never sold that gun. But go on, continue with your no, story. No, that's <laughs> yeah. He started. He started with a, a, a two fifty three thousand Savage, 
And I think after that, he went to a 30-06 and just waylaid stuff with that. And then he talked about his his favorite rifle for was a you know for for wolves especially was a 220 swift and he talked about like you know he said he had never seen any you know and he he was doing so good trapping fox back in the heyday that he would just from the income he made during um in november until they started rubbing in december trapping fox he you know basically lived rent free all year and bought every new rifle that came out and um he said that he had killed was it thirty more like figured he killed thirty or so moose with a two twenty swift. I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly, but he said he. It, I remember specifically. He said he hadn't ever seen a cartridge that killed hoofed game as quickly as a two twenty swift, like shooting shooting him in the lungs, and that was with the shitty you know forty eight grain, you know forty eight grain whatever shitty construction bullets they had back then. You know, imagine if you yeah. had like a hot twenty two two fifty or. Or a 220 Swift with like a GMX or a Barnes or something like that that's going to expand but not blow up and then penetrate. Yeah. You know. I fucking use the two. I, I have a 204 and I use that thing a lot for predator hunting over the years. I bet you that gun, I, I bet you I've killed 500 coyotes with that gun. It's a, It was a 204 and a CZ 527, all American. Oh, and, man. Uh, I shot two wolves with that gun. And it fucking folded them. Like I, I shot one great big gray male one time at about 200 yards, and you would have swore I hit him with like a 270 or something. It just it just whack, and I couldn't believe it's a 35. I'm sure I load 35 grain burgers out of that gun. Yeah, and I couldn't believe how I couldn't believe how hard that hit. But it's like 4,200 feet per second. Yeah, so it's hauling right. But I shot the couple wolves with it, and it wasn't a primary wolf gun. I was usually just out calling coyotes with that gun, which I love that 204. Uh, for calling coyotes, man, it's a, it's a great gun. Like a couple hundred yards and in, it mm-hmm. works great. But uh, last year, year before, I call I was out um, hunting something, and I had my two seventy, and I called in a pack of wolves, and I shot two with that. And um, it's a, it's works good too, because I know like some of the guys that are hunting wolves up around here, like that Kyler Nelson and those guys, they outfit for wolves. They're having problems with guys, I think, losing some. So their their whole thing is now like. They're saying like minimum caliber for wolf. They're saying like two seventies or you know just them upper yeah. class caliber. They want they want guys to bring like three hundreds and shit. Jeez. And I'm like, wow. Like no. eh, for me, it's like shot placement. Wolf is a tough critter, right? Oh yeah. Like so. You know, well, I would imagine. You no, know, I don't know. But know. it's like, no, like, and I'm glad you brought up like calling coyotes because man, that. That was one thing my dad and I did a lot when I when we lived in Colorado when I was a kid. All winter long, we'd call coyotes and, you know, using, we didn't have electronic calls or nothing. I just basically ended up, you know, we each had a howler and uh, open read, you know, distress call. And we got, we ended up getting pretty good at it for that country. And uh, we were, all, you know, we, it was, we, we were pretty poor, man. We had, my dad had a Hawa 223. I still remember when he bought that because it was like going to be our coyote gun. And I, I, you know, when one of us would use that and the other one would either use a Remington 12 gauge, or I would use my 1022. And I killed quite a few coyotes with a 1022 shooting stingers. You just have to let them get real close and shoot them in the lungs. Um, 
But we, and we for years speculated, you know, we'd see the, that 204 come out and I always figured that that would be a really good coyote gun, you know, cause it, even with a 223, man, yeah, you, you don't hit them just right and it blow big holes in them. And same thing with like a 22, 250, you blow, you know, you get a lot of big holes, it seemed like. And if you, you know, you, if you're putting them up for, for, for hides, you know, it can, can kind of cause you yeah. some, some distress, but. Wolf guns, man. I think, you know, while Frank Glazer, his his favorite one was a two twenty Swift. Um, I mean, that's a dynamite wolf gun. A twenty five out six is a dynamite wolf gun. But I imagine, I mean, they're like coyote. There's hardly anything I've seen that can pack lead like a coyote if you shoot them bad. So I would imagine a wolf's not too different. Yeah, like so. My dad, he's been shooting uh, a twenty two two fifty. And it was like the old, what was before the Remington 700? Was it a Rem, uh, Model 70? I can't remember. Uh, the Winchester, it may have been like a Model 7. I can't, I can't remember. But anyway, he he shot that from when I was a little kid. And he probably shot about 30 or 40 wolves with it. And then we got him that gun uh, rebarreled and stuff and turned it into a 22-250 Ackley Improved. Oh. And um, a few winters ago, he shot eight wolves with that gun. And it fucking hammers, man. It's a, it's a little hard on fur. Like I skin, I do, I put all our fur up for market. Yeah. But it's a little hard on fur, but, but it hammers wolves. I'm really happy with how that gun turned out. But like, you know, I don't know. That's why I like that 204 too. When we're calling coyotes and stuff, it's really easy on fur. Oh yeah. Unless unless I really pound a rib or a shoulder and blow them up. But other than that, there ain't much sewing with them Two little 204s. No, and that, and I mean, you know, a lot of people I don't think consider that because when you when you put up a lot of fur, it starts pissing you off when you have to sew stuff, and you know, you start noticing when stuff's not quite right like it should be, and and that's like it's always been kind of a like a quest, you know, for for foxes. For me, it's a seventeen hornet, you know, and I I mean I haven't shot fox in quite a while, but there for a few years is going down to a fognac island every every fall season for deer and whatnot and and one of my favorite things was shooting fox on the beaches there and uh you know it shot him with a 17 hmr for quite a bit and that does well like if you hit them good but eh, if you don't hit them perfect a lot of times you'd have to shoot them again but man that 17 hornet that knocks the shit out of them and it's like it's a similar it's just like a scaled down thing like a 204 or whatever you're shooting bullets at like 4,000, well, maybe it's like 36, 3,800 feet per second, but a 17 grain bullet. And basically, I mean, a fox out to 300 yards, if you hit that thing anywhere in the body, it not like it just drops them. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and usually it's like, usually you get, if you, you know, if you hit them broadside, you get an exit wound, but it's about the size of a nickel. And, uh, if you hit them dead on, you know, you usually don't get an exit wound, but I've killed quite a few coyotes with that too. And it's, it's a little, it's a little light on them. You know, they'll, they usually don't, don't just sack them. You know, you'll shoot them in the rib, you shoot them in the ribs with it. They'll, you know, run 20 yards or spin a bunch of circles, but, but, uh, what do you, uh, what do you like using for beaver? Cause you said 17 HMR. That's my favorite. Um, yeah. I tried a 22, I tried a 22 mag for a few, uh, for one beaver spring. And, um, I found, I got, I freaking lost quite a few beaver and I went back to that 17 HMR man. And it just like belly up. 
and they do that windmill with one foot, like when you stone them. Yeah, that's at seventeen. <laughs> that's and that's at shoot, seventeen. <laughs> and that's shooting them in the body. Yeah, body. I always aim for the head, but even if you kind of yeah. hit them a little bit back, them seventeen HMRs, man, they rock beavers. No, I need to, and I don't even currently own a seventeen HMR. Actually, I'd I've gone through a couple of them, and I think every time I I had one, I took it down to a Fognac and ended up it ended up staying at the lodge. But um, I've been shooting them mostly with either twenty two mag or a long long rifle. You know, just trying to shoot them just shooting them in the head and uh but that hornet's pretty pretty freaking good on them too <laughs> like you you connect with that 17 hornet man and they aren't then then they're they're rolling you're going to be scooping them up in the net <laughs> i was hunting beaver one time with the guy um he had i think it was i don't know if this is still around the 17 fireball do you remember that i, I heard about that i you know i know um uh, my taxidermist has a 17 Remington that he used for a long time. And he had told me stories about try, shooting this wolf with it. And it wouldn't, it, the bullets weren't penetrating, but I was at the, at the same time, I was like, well, you know, you're, you, you know, you, you, you got to consider what bullet you're using too. Um, mm-hmm. cause some of the, those stuff that are super fragile bullets, you know, they may be great for coyotes and light stuff, but the, the bigger critters, you won't get much penetration with, but yeah, I know a, I know a buddy one time he he had an antelope tag and he had a 270 I think it was and he was using burgers but I don't know if he loaded the wrong bullet or something but he was having a heck of a time with that. Jeez. So that that's an antelope is a tiny light skinned animal so you know it's like you got to make sure the right bullet is what you're you're using the proper bullet right because yeah. you'll end up with a freaking disaster. Yeah, the proper bullet and like good in the right kind of velocities you know i mean i would think you'd be able to blow a spitwad through an antelope but um, i would think so <laughs> you know just some it's i don't know even even with good bullets like i think sometimes weird shit just happens and you don't know why or maybe it's a, a bad lot or something like that you know even like like i like those hornady um eldx bullets a lot yeah i've been shooting them out of a six, I shoot them mostly out of a six, five Creedmoor. And, uh, I mean, I've got a whole, uh, one of them Winchester, like bargain cave rifles at XPR that I've had for several years. And man, that like, it's a, that cheap rifle has killed more, more Rams than most grand slammers have. And yeah, with a one forty three ELDX, man, it just hammers shit. And caribou and i mean that rifle's probably killed a dozen caribou um but you know i've heard guys talk shit about eldx's and it seems like it like they blow blowing up and stuff i don't know i've never experienced anything like that i've had some had them separate sometimes from the jacket the core and the jacket but it's always under they're both under the skin on the back side and at that point it's already done the damage is done so i don't really care but I bought I bought last year I think it was last year I bought a box I think I bought one or two boxes of them GMXs mm-hmm. and um, I shot that bull uh, one uh, two deer I shot a whitetail buck and a doe and then two bears with it uh, last year and um, man I like that bullet but they went ahead and discontinued that bullet and they, and they came out with it's this kind of the same thing but it's called the CX yep yep. And you, you think I can get that fucker in Canada? <laughs> I cannot. 
get my hands on that bullet. Yeah. It's, and it's weird, you know, I, cause I, I've had, uh, I had, I have a bunch of GMXs and different, different caliber, you know, different, um, calibers that I've accumulated over the years. And I don't know that I've ever actually killed anything with them. My buddy, Frank, I, that we ended up having that 180 grain GMX be the load, the load to go with for his 300 short mag after he got it rebarreled. Um, and he killed his moose with it last year. We were, we were hunting sheep with that rifle last year. And then, and then he ended up, we, we got skunked there, but he did, he did kill his moose with them. And they're, I mean, they're like similar to a Barnes, man. There's like those, there's a certain, if your rifle likes them, you know, there's an argument for shooting those copper bullets, man. They do really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, another bullet I was looking at too, um, Tyler with like the guy on the on a podcast with me there, he shoots them and they're them out of his 30 nozzler and they're, uh, hammer bullets. Have you heard of those? Yeah, I have heard of them and I need to, I need to actually get some and, and start messing around. Cause I hadn't heard of them probably till this spring. And then I've heard of them about 15 times, like maybe in the past month. So, so, well, uh, they're the, they're one of the only manufacturers right now that when you go to their website, it says in stock. Yeah. So, and they got a cool thing too, so that you can go on there and order like a 15 uh, bullet sample pack. Oh, nice. So it's like, so it's like cheap, like 25 bucks. Uh, they'll send you 15 or whatever, like, cause they got wild uh, grains. Like for my 270, like one freaking 26 and 128s and 133s. And yeah. So I'm like, man, I'm going to order a few of these sample packs and see what, you know, see what kind of flies. But I've heard really good things out of those bullets. Uh, guys really like them so yeah you know. and you know i think it was hammers it's a, a one of the guys that listens to this podcast sent me a, a couple pictures the other day uh custom lever gun build of his it was it looked it sounded like it was a royal pain in the ass to like actually get get this thing done because he had to make his own dies and everything but it's a uh, basically a 4570 neck down to 375 and I think he said he was shooting 275 grain hammer bullets in them. And they're the ones he sent me pictures of were like flat, were flat at the nose too. So he's using them in a two in the tube, you know, and this yeah. lever gun. And I think he said he was getting, getting 2,400 feet per second, which mm. is, which, you know, for a 275 is not that far behind my like 375 Ruger. Yeah. Yeah. So, That'd be a, I'd like, that'd be a good moose gun. That'd be a really good <laughs> moose gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, so I wanted to ask you too. Um, so what, what's your pack looking like? Cause when, when does your guys' sheep opener start right away? Like yeah. August 1st or? Uh, August 10th, but it's coming up way too freaking fast. Um, so, so what's your, are you running, you're using the Kafaru Muskeg 7K, I think, right? Yep. Yep, that's the one yeah. I'll still I'll still I'll use it again this year. Um, you know, I I know they since because I, I don't think they're making the muskeg. Well, they're not making shit right now because they're still getting their shop set back set back up in Wyoming. But um, I think they they had discontinued the muskeg for like the Argali or something like that. It's a, it's a similar type pack, but um, yeah, that muskeg on a duplex light frame. And I've, I've been really happy with, with that backpack. Um, yeah, I'm taking on this go trip, I'm taking a hoodlum, same frame, duplex light. So it'll be good. What's uh, I want to ask too, one more question. I'm picking your brain here about mountain shit. 
Yeah. Um, what's, what's your like kind of base weight on your bag, like without food, without water, just like your tent, your, the shit you need, like with your bag. Um, let me see. It's probably 40 pounds maybe because I mean like maybe, you know, for I'm talking 10 to 15 pounds of food, depending on how many days and, uh, I, you know, total weight without water including all my food, it's usually tough to get under, yeah, I can usually squeeze it under 55. Yeah. You know, some, so. it's tough to get under 40, man, <laughs> unless you're really skimping. Yeah. So like kind of where I'm at right now, that's with my tent, like, so base weight, tent, pad, bag, all that shit. I was, I, I did it all, weighed it all the other night and I was 38 pounds. So no food. And I think with food, you're looking at like a pound or a pound and a half a day. Yeah. Per day. Per day. So, you know, I think, I think I'm going to come out pretty close to just over 50 probably yeah. with everything with watered up. So, I mean, I'm right in the wheelhouse. Then, pretty yeah, good. no, that sounds, that sounds like you're, yeah, like you're right where you should be, you know, and that's something I should, I should work on one of these years is actually having some, like some guys, you know, go full, you know, full hog, get get spreadsheets and all that shit and lists and I don't know, you know, I just never, <laughs> I'll write down a list, you know, like when it's time to start throwing shit together. So I, I don't forget anything. I do the same thing I did playing football is I, you know, I'll start it. I'll think, just think through like starting at my feet and work my way up. What do I need for, you know, for clothing and stuff like that. And just think through everything I got to do throughout a day and make sure I throw it in there. And I usually don't forget anything too important. Yeah, because like you know, growing up sheep hunting in Alberta with my dad and shit, like we did, we did horse and mule packings, right? Mm -hmm. Like so, the, our gear was just basically like horse camp gear. So you know, the backpack hunting it, it was fairly new to me, you know, and um, like I we I always hunted like backpack hunted, but like this kind of lightweight shit, you know, the last six eight years has kind of taken off, so. I'm always seems like I'm changing shit here and there, but for the most part, I think I'm pretty dialed in for it, you know? Oh yeah. No, I, uh, <clears throat> I got to decide which sleeping pad I'm going to take. I've been, I mean, I've been using the same Thermarest, like the, or, the original, like Neo Air, um, turquoise kind of colored pad for, uh, I think I got it in 2015 and I just, it's starting to make me, it's been a great pad, but it's starting to make me nervous. So, um, I, I got an assortment. I've got a few. I got some of the newer Thermarest pads, and man, I'm just not impressed with them. One of them, like we're just having a camp out in the yard, basically with the kids, and I think it was me. I just like rolled over on this pad and tore a big hole in it. I'm like, well, fuck that. That's not gonna make it. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's not gonna make it if I have to just lay there motionless on the thing. Like I'm a big boy, but there's like there's a Nemo pad that I have that is like four, it's not that heavy, but it's like four inches thick and it's pretty durable. It's not the super crinkly, it's pretty durable material. And then there's that big Agnes Q core. I think it is that I got to try. That's and, a pretty good one. And there's one, uh, what is that other pad that I got to try? I was just looking at my stash the other day. Anyway, there's, there's a, like a third one I got to try out before I, decide which I want, what I want to take. But, um, <clears throat> tell you the best, the best thing going is those inflate sacks. Yeah. 
holy mm-hmm. shit, man. There is not like, well, there's plenty of worse shit, but <laughs> that sucks that the, you've been busting your ass all day long and you got to sit down and sit down and, and blow up your sleeping pad and about pass out because you're freaking exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I think that Q, I know like that Q core for sure comes with a, um, one of the blow up bags too. Yeah. And I know the Nemo does and whatever the other one was that I, it escapes me currently, but, uh. So do you, and do you and Frank share a shelter then? Yeah. Yeah. We have been, um, I, we've been taking a, uh, it's one of the MSR, uh, hubba hubba, the two man tents. I was supposed to get, I want to try one of the stone glacier ones. And I saw Kuyu's coming out with a new two man. That's, they're all kind of similar, similar layout tents and similar weights. Um, I wouldn't mind trying one of those, but that MSR tent, I really like, I have the the extra vestibule, it's called a gear shed vestibule off the side that you can, you can get, you know, both dudes in the tent and then have all your gear in the vestibule. Is, is Frank a big guy? No, he's not a big guy. Yeah. Cause <laughs> me and you, <laughs> me and you in a tent like that. Cause I'm a, I'm a big, like a Sasquatch fucker too. So me and you in a tent like that, I'd be like, uh, start to a bad movie. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no, I've, I've hunted, you know, like, hunt, you know, back when I was hunted a lot with my buddy, Steve, we would always just kind of pack our own, our own shit. And, uh, and that's fine too, you know, just whatever, whatever's clever, but, uh, you know, and sometimes like some hunts, we're kind of still scheming on our game plan for this year, you know, but we want to, at least where we hunted last year, if we're hunting similar country, I think we want to have a tent, but then one of us packing just a tarp shelter. If we got to just make, you know, bivy out for a few days and take our, just our pads and sleeping bags and kind of rough it. I don't really like going with the floorless tents. Um, if I don't have to sheep hunting, just cause I've been, I've had to set up camp, you know, at last light and sopping ass wet spots yeah. too many times. But, um, I run a teepee last year. I passed what I took goat hunting. Um, and me and Tyler were in that teepee and, um, the problem I kind of found with it, like with floorless, like with them teepee styles, it seems like their, their footprint is so big. It's super hard to kind of find like level spot for, you know, yeah, like it's light and it was, and it worked good and everything. Right. But it's just like, and I've been using a teepee for like the last three, four years and it's worked good for me. But I mean, I think this year I have the same tent as you, that two P uh, hubba hubba. And that's yeah. what I'm going to run this year for goats on this trip. So, yeah, no, it's, it's a pretty solid tent and I don't know when they made the changes. Cause I use, we used the first one I ever got for, with aluminum poles for years. And it had a few, you know, it finally blew, exploded on me, um, one night. And then when I bought a new one, they had updated, basically they switched it to carbon fiber poles and where the poles join on the ends, though, if you got a stiff wind on the end of the tent, it could invert that. And I don't think Mm -hmm. it can the way it's designed now. And they also added like guy line anchors basically everywhere that I wish they had them on my, my original one that, uh, I don't know if I threw that thing away or if I still got it somewhere. I think I saved the inner tent because me and Frank wrote like we started we, just one year. I had had a little sharpie or something in my kit and board, you know, sitting in the tent. Wrote down like, you know, dates and mountain ranges for the, all the rams we'd killed using that tent. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I know it's freaking a guy wants to carry like good enough stuff, but you don't want to carry 75 pounds going up the mountain either. <laughs> no, I've done that. It's foolish. <laughs> yeah. I heard one guy talking on a podcast. He was carrying in this, his sheet bag this year was 92 pounds or what something. The f- Are you staying for a month? Like, jeez, <laughs> that's rugged, man. And I've, and I've done shit like that back, back when I was like 19 and could, could like just, just stupid and strong, you know? <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting too old for that. There's no there's no need, man. Like I I remember no, and I don't know, I don't know what what I was thinking the the third sheep I killed I was tw- I think I was 21 maybe. Hunt went with my dad and I had just some god awful heavy pack, man. It was bad. It was super heavy. Way way like over the top. Just so much food. I mean, I had some heavy gear and heavy spotting scope, but like way too much food. I mean, shit, we go to bear camp now and I pack like, I'm like, ah, I think I'm packing a little conservatively for food, you know, get up there. And then, I mean, shit, I could go a whole three or four days on just a jug of trail mix. Like that's, you don't have time to eat. You're just either sleeping yeah. or ch- sleeping or sitting in a tree or skinning bears. Did you kill a grizzly this year? I did, yeah. Um, Can't remember. I probably didn't have to shoot her, but she was running at me quickly. <laughs> and yeah, I said, "Fuck it." <laughs> so I said, "I'm not. I'm not play gator. Don't play no shit." So how many bears did you guys' group kind of get? I can't, I heard your podcast talk about. It, but I can't remember. You were oh, like, you, yeah, like when we. Our specific group, we we uh, we went on our on our big trip. You know, we killed one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four bears only. Um, so it was pretty slow, but you know, throughout yeah, between like kind of our general crew, you know, Nick killed a couple. I killed three. I ended up killing two black bears and a grizzly. Um, my dad killed a nice, really nice bear, you know, a couple other buddies killed bears. So, I mean, it was okay. Maybe that's just, maybe that's just being a spoiled brat of me or something. I'm pissed. I wanted, I wanted to kill, I'm pissed because I only killed three bears and not two or three bears, (laughs) not four. Um, yeah, I only shot one. Did you see that bear that I posted on my Instagram that he was, he he was missing his left front foot. I don't know if I saw that one. He had no foot, man. So he's like walking around just like on the fucking, on the bone. And his whole side of his face was gone. The whole side of his left face was gone. And he was a, and he was a colored bear. And that bear acted like a 21 inch. He was just running everything off the bait. He was treeing freaking bears everywhere. And he was like a dink, man, like a five and a half footer. And I'm like, man, I should just shoot, I should shoot this damn thing. And But I never ended up, I only killed one bear this year. So it, it just got freaking ran out of time, right? But, yeah. No, how, uh, how many, how many can you guys kill where you're at? Well, two, um, we get two tags, but uh, on private land, you can shoot as many as you want. The big black bears fall under like a we have like a predatory act. Oh, called. gotcha. So, but 
for me, like where I'm baiting, I'm just baiting on public ground or whatever. So yeah, yeah two tags, two tags is what we get. I wish we got five tags, man. I could have a heyday. <laughs> yeah, no, it's independent on where you're at. I mean, I'd say, I would say the most majority of the state, there's areas where it's just one, but, um, yeah, like the main, most, a lot of Alaska, it's three, you know, you three black bears and a grizzly. There's some, some areas where it's five black bears and two grizzlies, um, so it's, yeah, it can be a little dangerous when the action's hot. You can start generating a lot more work than you really want to deal with. But yeah, no, that, that grizzly bear, she was, uh, it was a mature sow. It was a little over seven foot, you know, not, not a huge grizzly, but honestly, them sows are, are, cause I kind of hunt, I hunt moose in that country too. And them sows are, are, you know, good ones to get out of the gene pool too. You know, sows have cubs and cubs eat moose. Yeah. Yeah. I freaking I got permission on a guy's property one time and, he, and uh, there was a bunch of elk in his crop and bears too. And he said, any bear you see shoot, he says, little bears turn into big bears Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and big bears eat all my crop. But yeah, that's stu- that freaking study you were talking about that one time. I seen somebody posted that the other day on Instagram where that like they had uh, them cameras on them bears that were seeing how many calves they were eating. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was. I read the numbers on it. It was freaking wild, man. Like yeah. they killed like I want to say I can't remember now. Like wasn't it like freaking seventy calves or something? Or yeah, I can't. I remember at least like individual bears. Some of those bears were killing like forty or you know thirty or forty calves in like two weeks. You know, it it was insane. You know, you get a few bears that don't kill that many, but they're. I mean, they're just like anything else. Some of those some of those individual bears I think get really tuned in to, to hunting moose calves. And, and then, you know, especially if you get, if you get a sow that's good at it and she teaches her cubs, you know, man, every, every litter of cubs, she, she pops out. She's going to be teaching them how to hunt moose calves. In fact, years ago, they, uh, I remember hearing they were having that. I imagine they still have issues with it. Um, muskox up on the North slope, North of the Brooks range. Um, had a pretty healthy population going and then i remember it coming up that they figured out that one bear had figured out how to kill those muskox you know because they'll stand their ground and whatnot and you know maybe bears just don't know how to deal with them or maybe this didn't even how it all unfolded it's just how i remember but you know that a bear or i don't know if it was a boar or sow got good at killing those muskox and 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 eventually you know like it started putting a hurt on them you know i had a buddy that was was packed in sheep packed in horses sheep hunting in an area and and with a, a so there were so many grizzly bears that a bull muskox like herded up with their horses like bedded between the horses and the tent every night and wouldn't leave mm-hmm. and uh and you know it, just because there were so many grizzly you know they said at, at any given time you could you know glass around and see three or four grizzly bears just lingering <laughs> oh know? we have some we have so many grizzlies in Alberta; it's freaking wild. But we can't, we can't hunt them, or we can't shoot them. Like, like if you shoot a grizzly in Alberta, it doesn't matter. Like, if it was charging you or whatever, it's like instant court date. Jeez. Uh, so then the judge decides. So like, lot every year, man, it happens every year. There's so many bears and there's guys moose hunting here and all this shit. And there's always grizzlies that get killed every year, you know, in defense. So then it, the, everyone has to go to their court dates and then the judge decides whether it was self-defense or not. It's, it's, they need to, they're talking, Alberta's really talking about opening it up again, but 
I think we're getting a lot of pushback on the, from all the fucking anti hunters and shit, but yeah, well, I'm sure uh, some of that bleeds over from, you know, BC. I'm sure like the people, you know, a lot of the people that push that over there, not going to just stand by and let Alberta do it. There was a guy in Alberta. He, he was sheep hunting this. I can't remember the whole story, but he had shot a ram and then he went out with one load, the first load by himself, I guess. And, uh, he had left, I think he had, I don't know if he left his gun at the truck or whatever, or wherever he packed the first load to, and he went back for the second load. And he, and he said when he crested the hill, there was a grizzly on the, on his sheep. And all he had time to do was put his trekking poles up and that grizzly run him over Jeez. and, and broke his femur. And so he was laying there. I think the story goes, he was laying there. And, uh, for whatever reason, I guess he had cell phone, cell phone service right in that spot. Man. So he, t- he texted out and he laid beside that bear eating on that sheep. And I guess this bear would come roll him around in the night. Jeez. And I think it was the, the next day before like a rescue party came. And when the rescue party came, that bear charged them and then they shot it too. They shot it and killed it. But I remember hearing that story and that was here in Alberta too. So Man, we got that- lots of bears lots and lots of bears like even down the road there's freaking a grizzly here a little while ago in my neighbor's dumpster like jeez <laughs> no those things i mean they're cool critters but man if 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 you got a population that can handle hunting them they need to be hunted man cuz they are when they don't they quit being scared of people they are trouble man <clears throat> cuz oh, yeah. they don't give we a have... shit as soon as they as soon as they don't see you as something that could kill them or something that is going to kill them man they're just freaking you can't you you almost can't do anything but kill them eventually especially if you're in an area that's that's around people or somewhere they want to be you know like that stupid black bear that just had to be had to climb in my boat you know like no i mean maybe maybe i could have backed off and not shot him and just let him tear the shit out of my boat and fuel lines and whatnot but he was not going to let me deter him from getting in my boat and you know, just the way those grizzlies are sometimes, you know, you just can't take that many chances. You know, I shot this one on the run towards me. I don't think she'd actually seen me yet. I, I'd made some noise to spook her off and she's about 30 yards away and she popped her head up and came just running instantly. And uh, probably, you know, I'm sure thought I was another bear or who knows what, um, what the deal, but you know, it's not like they have to, they have to sneak up on you and eat you to be dangerous, man. They're so fucking strong. They can, you know, all they got to do is make contact with you and you're in a bad situation. <laughs> Did, didn't that one have your, your chainsaw in its mouth? Yeah. The night before assholes took my chainsaw out of the boat, drag it up the hill by the, just carrying it <laughs> like a dog, like by the chain break. And I'm I'd sitting, let him. <laughs> I was going to say I, I, it was a steal, right? Cause yeah. If it was, yeah. if it was, if it was, a, if it was a Husqvarna, I'd let him fucking have it. He could take <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> have fun with that gas tank and the handle, sucker. You know. Oh, yeah. No, it was. Uh, yeah, he's he's standing there like rubbing his head on it. I'm sure because of bar oil or whatever. But I, he, you know, and I had I in hindsight, you know, I should have shot him right then too. I'm, I'm telling myself you need to shoot this bear. This is not going to be good. And the whole time I was just waiting. As soon as I heard a crunch or saw him start chewing on it, I would have shot him, but (laughs) yeah, his fate was sealed. It's funny how some bears are like that. eh? Like 
where I park my side, park my side by side, you know, like from the bait, you know, I don't know, four or 500 yards. And I, I leave like empty pails in the back. And I was yeah. sitting in my, I was sitting in my stand. I could just hear pails rattling. I'm like, Oh, you sons of bitches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so I didn't go back and look and I'm like, God, I hope they didn't chew my seats off, but they just drug them pails out. But yeah, most of the, most, most of them bears, they aren't, they don't tear stuff up too bad, but ah, you just, especially when you're real remote, you know, like that's just what I need is have a bear chew up my fuel lines or, or something like that. Just, yeah. Yeah, no, it's not, (laughs) not good. Yeah. No, it's good. It was a good season then. I freaking, uh, I had one big boar on my bait, but I got doing the two step with him and he pulled the pulled fast on me and I kind of just ran out of time had to go back to work but um yeah other than that I, I only I shot a pretty decent boar with a rifle but he was he wasn't a giant but he was probably mid-19s low 19s oh that's a thing. that's a good bear man you know I mean I know you guys get some these guys get some exceptional skulls down there you know up here though that biggest one any of us killed this year which my dad squared like seven seven foot five and that's kind of subjective i guess but um this bear that will killed was seven three but real girthy just a big you know real big in the arms and chest and uh and he had like a 19 and a half inch skull and that's i mean that's pretty exceptional for interior alaska they just don't usually get that big yeah i think it man i don't know i dove into the freaking whole skull thing for a long time and i was just like I always like, wow, is it food or is it how much they hibernate or what is it? And it always ended up coming, but I always end up coming back to just genetics in the area. And I yeah. think that's all it is. I yeah. think that's all it is. I don't think it has anything really to do with food or any of that shit. I think at the end of the day, it's just, if there was a big bear back there in the turn of the century. Yeah. Who <laughs> <laughs> spread his seed a little bit. He, yeah, no, it makes, it makes sense. You know, because you'll get big-bodied bears here and there, but there's certain areas that just, like, have good genetics for big skulls, which, yeah. uh... I was going to say, you should get Temple on more. Yeah, like, dude. Well, we, you know, we tr- I tried to get... It's been, like, pulling freaking teeth to get, you know, just we just been going so many directions, and they tried to get Temple to come over last time. Oh, I could, like, doing baseball or something with the kids, so... But yeah, Temple's good shit, man. He sounds like my kind of guy. He's always got, he's always got some fucking thing going on. Eh? He's, oh yeah, <laughs> I, love, I love listening to him talking about yeah. quads, canoes, and shit. I'm just like, I'd love to hang out with him. Sounds fun. Oh yeah, no, Temple. <laughs> Temple's a good dude. He, uh, what well, the other day, not to throw you under the bus, Temple, because I'm sure you're gonna listen. But uh, <clears throat> so was it. I don't know if it was him. We got a group text going with me, Nick, Frank, and Temple. And we, uh, I think it was Temple had saw a bull, like a bull moose in velvet and, uh, sent a picture or something like that. And then said, Oh, I got it. You know, I got it. I need to start shooting my bow. I was like, what you need to do is get that 338 BAR working. <laughs> make sure that thing, make sure that thing's all greased up and working, running smooth, you know? <laughs> <laughs> i love this story there uh i can't remember he was i think it was last year he was moose hunting in the river and uh i can't remember his safety was on or his kid's safety was on and, oh yeah <laughs> and i fucking was listening out of the truck i pissed myself laughing because 
Uh, I think we've all been there a little bit. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's funny. Well, and speak, yeah, speaking of bulls, the other day I was, I was shooting that 338 Lapua, um, down at my, my in-laws farm. I can get out, there's a spot where I can get on top of this Connex and, and get out, shoot over the hayfield out at like, uh, it's about 850 from where, where everything's set up right now. And I, you know, put a piece of steel out there and shoot that and I'd, I'd been shooting some other rifles, you know, punching the clock at work and, uh, climbed up there, set my 338 up, you know, put my dope on, laid down behind the scope, look through there. And there's literally about a 40 inch bull moose walking right in front of my target. <laughs> I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And so he, he meanders off, you know, gets 50, 60 yards off to the one side and I touched it off and hit that, tar- you know, just smoke the target and panned over to him and he's just looking over his shoulder at the target like what the hell happened i was using a, a suppressor too so he just heard that thing but yeah yeah stupid was, that with, moose. was that with your 338 yeah yeah i watched a guy one time shoot a whitetail with a 338 lapu at like 700 yards and it just that deer looked like it did a barrel roll <laughs> <laughs> no that then that's one thing you know i, I think there's better there's more efficient long range cartridge, like extreme long range cartridges, you know, stuff like that 300 Norma or, you know, the 30 nozzle or stuff like that. But man, that 338 Lapua is just a hammer shooting. Like the, what I'm shooting right now is a 285 grain, uh, Hornady ELD match bullet. And years ago, well, my father-in-law got his 338 Lapua, I worked, you know, I got brass and bullets and worked up a load for him with that bullet. And we've killed like a dozen moose with those 285 VLD match bullets um, from 250 yards out to 600 yards or so. And those bullets, you know, I think they just got enough mass. And that Lapu is not a super high velocity cartridge that, you know, they're going 2,700 feet per second or something like that. But um, those bullets seem to hold together and... You know, yeah, they seem to yeah. seem to do good on moose. I I just did a couple test loads with a two two hundred seventy grain ELDX, and that bullet shoots really well, like really well. At least a, you know one of my my first test load out of that. I was just shooting three shot groups to uh, just see how the how those initial bracketing and test loads would do, and one of them was like a quarter inch, and then. Uh, it also likes the 225 grain GMX, which that's like 3,000 feet per second. And that, that bullet bleeds velocity pretty quick, you know, but mm-hmm. man, that thing. Yeah, know. they, them GMXs hold, they're supposed to hold. I never did dig that one out of that bull, but I I know they're supposed to hold like 95% of their weight. Yep. So it's like a big, like a big shank, eh? And then it just, the top kind of pedals out or whatever. But yep. I wouldn't be scared like to hit shoulders and shit with that bullet. It's, oh uh, no, no. I was in with that, and I was like, it was funny because I, I in that three thirty eight Lapua, I didn't intend to really. I mean, it's not. It's a three thirty eight Win Mag bullet is basically what it is. Um, that two twenty five. You know, you're not like gaining anything by pushing it out of a three thirty eight Lapua because you know you can get so, the heavier bullets have such better ballistic coefficients, but um. I can't, I was just working out, doing load development, and I saw that there was, like, you could use H4350 
with those 225 GMXs and a 338 Lapua. So I was like, yeah, what the hell? I'll, I'll try a couple loads of that and just see how it shoots. And it was like one, like a ragged hole. Like every, I haven't done a ton of develop, but why develop more than I need to? Every, you know, one of those loads, every time I've done duplicate loads with it, it's just a ragged hole um, out of that rifle. <laughs> but I ran the, the data, you know, I think I probably wouldn't want wouldn't want to shoot a moose with it under like 1500 feet per second or 1600, whatever it is. And, uh, it's like 800 yards. I think that it gets to that point. So it's kind of like not a, not the best Lapua bullet, but it's always, yeah, it's, it's hard to pick when that, it, and it makes me happy that that rifle shoots so many bullets so well, I've kind of gotten spoiled. You know, it's just, it's not very much fun shooting rifles that don't shoot really well anymore. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. What was that six, eight Western? What, what was the rifle that, that uh, caliber? I've actually got two of them. The one I shot the moose with is, uh, it's a little bit heavier. Um, I think it's the long range Hunter Browning X bolt. They're both mm-hmm. Browning X bolts. Um, and then, uh, it's got a heavier barrel and kind of an adjustable comb on the stock. And that's what I shot my moose with. And then I, I've got, which you probably see one of them rifles behind me is that X bolt mountain pro, um, in six, eight Western. And I, I shot my odd ad with it in Texas at like 420 yards. And that was a deal. I didn't really have time to get, we got down there and we didn't have range time. So it was like, check your check zeros on rocks type of deal, which I'm not super stoked about, but, um, you know, and that, it wasn't that particular rifle, but I've got one of those and I did, I did a bunch of accuracy testing with it in the wind, but it was like December. So it was like 10 below when I was doing it and it was averaged, it averaged like, uh, right about an inch or just over an inch with five shot groups. And it's a fairly thin barreled rifle. So I need to, I need to throw scope back on it and, and shoot it a little bit more in the summertime and just see what it does. And and that's with a pretty limited ammo selection too, because there's not a ton out there right now. And I haven't done any hand loading for that six, eight Western yet. Um, and I'm, I'm sure it could be improved on with that. Yeah. From what I gather from that gun, it sounds like it's basically almost a 270 WSM, but it just shoots heavier pills. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And kind of like a, yeah, it's kind of like what I was talking about earlier. That's basically what it is. But it's a little bit different. I think the case is slightly shorter and slightly fatter to account for that long bullet. Because if you if you were to just because the the like the elephant in the room is well, why didn't you just use a two seventy short mag and twist the barrel tighter? You could do that, but I don't think you can get the same performance and stay in that short action. I think you got to stuff those bullets a little deeper uh, in the in the WSM. Yeah. Um, and their like their whole deal was to try and, and make a cartridge that carried more energy downrange than a six five PRC. Then it does that, you know. So it does, yeah. What what gun are you taking for sheep this year? Man, I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do yet. We uh I seen <laughs> that's post that post you made the other day with that you had a Creedmoor six five. Oh yeah, no that well that's that was the old the old Winchester XPR from a couple of years ago and that was that's actually the longest shot I've ever made on a sheep and just smoked him in his bed um at 465 and then yeah literally when I sh- when I was shooting him I 
pulled the tr- touched it off and recovered from the recoil just in time to see dirt fly up behind him and i was like oh shit how did i miss and then you hear like and then a second later you hear the impact and he's like slow to get up and he just tipped right over but yeah actually i did recover that bullet it was the video i posted i had already dug it up and just kind of had it sitting on the surface there but um yeah it was just just follow the line into the tundra up there and dig it up what was the what bullet were you running on that gun that was a 143 eldx yeah you like those eldx's eh I do. Um, I've had good luck with them. You know, I, I haven't ever pushed any real, real fast. Um, you know, so I did load some up that shoot really well in that, that Weatherby 6.5 RPM. And, uh, we, I think, you know, and, and Frank bought that gun off me. So I think we're going to, uh, we're going to, he's going to take that. We're going to take that sheep hunting. We normally, we've been just taking one rifle, but this year, I don't know who, you know, who, who knows what will happen. I kind of want to take that fierce rifle sheep hunting mm. that 300 wind mag. Cause man, that thing is just a shooter. And I've, I've been shooting it out to like 900 yards. Not that I really would want to shoot a sheep that far, but when you've been shooting it at 900 and you're shooting a heavy, super heavy high BC bullet, you know, like those 212 ELDXs, you know, it makes, you know, a follow-up shot. Or if you had to take a shot at five or 600, it makes it a little little more a little easier to swallow but did you uh, see that did you see that weatherby caliber uh, 65300 yeah i've actually i've shot uh shot a moose with that the year it came oh, out yeah really 500 that's a, that 500 is, yards <laughs> that's a freaking flat shooting gun man that thing carries momentum and oh yeah and it hauls ass. I kind of see it almost as a barrel burner, to be honest. <laughs> that barrel, <laughs> that barrel gets hot quick. <laughs> I'll tell oh, you that. Yeah. Especially the one I had was a little bit heavier barreled version. I mean, it was not a sheep rifle, but yeah, I shot a moose with that, and uh, it was yeah, right about five hundred yards. With uh, I would not want to shoot the ELDXs out of that out of that cartridge too fast, um, but. I was shooting, uh, yeah, it was 127 grain Barnes, uh, mm-hmm. LRX and shoot all, it'll shoot all, it'll still carry enough to shoot all the way through a moose <laughs> that far. <laughs> I know. I was looking at the numbers on that gun. I was like, holy shit, just hold dead on at 500. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not that much of an adjustment, man. That, that, that is a fast, fast cartridge. Yeah. So, uh, no, that's cool, man. I freaking. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm going down freaking caliber rabbit holes, and I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to end up, but I'm kind of really, like, leaning on that 28 nozzle. I, I really like the numbers on that. So I think that's maybe where I'll end up with, with what, what I'm going to buy here. But Yeah, we'll man. See. I'm sure, yeah, you get get a good shooting rifle in it, and I'm sure I'm sure it'll work for you. It'll be it'll be fun. But, uh, yeah, I probably better let you. What time is it? Yeah, you're two hours, two hours ahead of me, so... Uh, yeah, probably 10. better be get be getting to bed. But man, it's been good. It's been a while since we got to shoot the shit a little bit. So if we, uh, if we ever do it again, I'll I'll get Tyler to send an invite on my end because I'm oh, totally yeah. compu- <laughs> I'm computer illiterate. <laughs> yeah, what you say? Yeah, it's a it's a miracle. Well, from the very beginning, man, it took it was basically an act of God to get me like set up. You know, for my to get my podcast going is that YouTube tor- tutorials, man. Like yeah. whether it's turning, turning wrenches, turning wrenches or, or figuring out how to 
do computer stuff, man. YouTube's YouTube's been my friend. It's kind of like guys like us that we're good at, you know, we're good at skin and fur for fur markets and yeah. Not, <laughs> <laughs> not good not good at computer work. Yeah, well it's like some of these kids, you know, they uh, just I just roll my eyes at the shit I see people doing, you know, throwing their spreading their bear hide out on the gravel or you know, hide skin side down on a sandbar or something like that and or <laughs> fucking up eyes or you know, all any number of shit. I'm like, what? You know, but then I'm completely illiterate on some of this computer stuff. I'm getting, I'm getting a little better over the years, but you know, yeah. I only got so much yeah. time to devote to so much stuff, and and uh, I don't want to spend my time learning computers when I can be shooting rifles and and yeah, bows and dicking with that kind of stuff. So if you had to, before we go, I want to ask yeah. you. So if you if you had to take one gun and, and somebody's like, Tyler, you only get one gun for the rest of your life to hunt with in Alaska. Uh, that's a tough one, man. You'd probably go, I would say you'd probably go like 300 Win Mag or something. Yeah, probably, probably 300 Win Mag or 30-06. I yeah, mean, as, as boring as, as boring as those choices go, man, are, you know, I wouldn't have, I would have no qualms shooting anything in the state with a 30-06, even a big brown bear, you know, it's a little on the light edge, but uh, on the light side, but use good bullets and just, you know, be a little pickier on your shots and it'll work just fine. Like when was the 270? Uh, created like 1920 yeah it's 270s 270 is old cartridge and in fact yeah like i want to i want to either those like what i was talking about here i, I want to part of me wants, i want to take that either that fierce sheep hunting and then the other in my dad's 270 moose hunting or vice versa mm-hmm. you know i just don't i don't like taking wood stocks on sheep hunts <laughs> no especially up there you no. get rained on all the time yeah but that was, that's what I was going to say with 270. It's it's been a hundred years and people are still buying it and still talking about it. So yeah, you know it's no, and it's like you see all like people. It's a little irritating, you know. People do, and people just like it's the internet. People piss and moan just because shit's there, you know. I I like I like seeing the new you know new developments and like a lot of in a lot of these cart new cartridges in ways they're better than the old ones, but it doesn't mean that the old ones are necessarily obsolete. You know, like you can, you can get by just fine with a hundred year old cartridge or whatever, you know, tickles your fancy, you know, you can, you can pick whatever you want and it'll, and it'll work. One one thing I like about them old cartridges too, you can go to any Walmart or any fricking, well, we got Canadian tires here, but any freaking hardware store will have a 270, 30-odd-6, all that shit. On the 308, they'll have it on the shelf. You know? See, and that's something that's a little interesting because that hasn't been the case here for the last couple of years. Since the whole COVID ammo, whatever bullshit shortages, like, it's been bonkers, man. Like, I know I know guys that, I know a guy, I ran into a guy that sold his 300 Weatherby and bought a 300 Win Mag because he thought he would be able to find ammo more easily for a 300 Win Mag. Nope. The 300 Weatherby never dis like there's always, you know, it's expensive, but there's you anywhere around town here, you've always been able to get 300 Weatherby. But 
until recently it's recently it started to come back but man like he at the time like he's like i haven't seen a box of 300 win mag since i bought that rifle there still is no 300 338 win mag anywhere on the shelf you know 270 starting to come back 308 there's a lot of that around now um but stuff like 25-06 never disappeared it was like there's these you know a few oddball cartridges that that are just popular enough to to have some ammo for but not so popular that they get cleaned out 375 ruger and 416 ruger for like you know bear stopping rifles that stuff always stayed you know has stayed on the shelf the whole time so in a typical in a typical world like the way things normally are yeah like you you're going to be able to find 270 or 06 or 308 anywhere you know it's hard to hard to go wrong with those but man this this past couple of years has been fucking weird i should send you if i'm gonna if i get to town one day i'm gonna send you a picture of like our ammo shelves because like last time i was there man we got freaking piles of like factory ammo on the shelves it's our reloading components we can't get we can't yeah. get any powder i can't get any bullets it's like the last bunch of pricing uh i went to one gun shop and he had one uh brick so it's a brick of primers a thousand a thousand should be 35 yes. bucks. <laughs> yeah. So I can't remember. I don't know where I paid though. I paid a lot, but yeah, I just bought the whole, I just bought the whole thing. I was like, cause I'm not, I don't know when I'm going to see primers ever again. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So. No. And primers, like there's a couple stores here in town that I've seen some primers show up at and actually stay on the shelf, you know, um, they're expensive, but that's like gives, that's starting to give me a little bit of hope that, that we're out of the phase where no matter what it costs, I'm going to buy it because it's there and I'm there. Believe you me, man. And you know, some of these components start showing back up. I'm never going to be wanting for primers again for the rest of my life. Cause I'm going to be buying the shit out of them. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I've been able to, to get a little bit, like I found eight just randomly. And it was actually this, uh, frontier outfitters, this, you know, kind of supporting good store here in town. Um, that sponsors a podcast. I, I walked in there one day and found they they had just got an order of powder in and had an eight pound keg of Rotumbo sitting there. And I was like, Holy shit, that's coming home with me. <laughs> Take my money. Yeah. That's the same, that's the same boat we're in. And it pisses me off cause you'll develop a load and then, you know, you want to f- hunt with it and when you run out of powder and then you got to change it up. Cause the only other powder you can find is some other thing, but it's, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it's getting old fast, but right now I'm pretty much on like, if it's, the, if it's not have fur or hair in my crosshairs, I'm not shooting. Cause I'm getting pretty low on shit. So yeah, that's pretty, I wish I, I wish it was as simple as just helping <laughs> throwing some stuff in the mail to you guys sometimes, but yeah, it's, I'm, I'm hoping we'll get, we'll get back out of it and I think we will eventually, but yeah, it's, it's been shitty. So yeah. Way to close everything on a on a high note. <laughs> <laughs> right but, on. Well, yeah, we might as well pin it. Yeah, sounds good, Wacy. But man, yeah, great, great talking to you. Thanks for thanks for coming on. And uh, yeah, like I said, I I, li- I, li- I enjoy listening to your guys' podcast. And if you you missed it earlier, it's uh, Wilderness Locals. Um, they got a lot of good episodes, and uh, and they're pretty much just like us up here. So yeah, yeah, we. We know 60% of the shit we talk about, so. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't, or whatever, I think it was, I think it was my buddy Frank had the, 
This is where I heard the sailing. If you can't, you can't bedazzle them with brilliance, baffle them with bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just fucking true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, man. Well, um, okay. All right. If you enjoy Tundra Talk, I appreciate it if you leave a good review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. And uh, see you next time. Thanks.